As I said earlier, God has been speaking to this church, and one of the ways that God has been speaking is through Luke chapter 3. So, and I'm going to revisit the same scripture passage that we looked at last week, but we're going to look at it a little differently. I, I, as we prayed this week, and as I prayed about what God was saying and leading this, this week, I felt like I couldn't move on. I didn't feel like we could move on from what God was saying in this passage. Luke chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. It says there, The people were waiting expectantly, and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. If you were here last week, we talked about the fact that the Messiah was one who would inaugurate or start or begin the kingdom. Because the people were waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God to come, for God's order to come, for God's way of being to come to his people and restore them to life, to, to drive out their enemies and, and drive away the oppression, to destroy or burn up the ugliness, and to bring beauty upon them. The Messiah was the one who was to bring this life and, 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 and make it happen, in other words. The Messiah was one who would be kind of like a key who would, as you got in your car this morning to come here, if you didn't have your key, you couldn't, get the, you couldn't come. The car is powerful enough to get you here, but without that little key, you don't have the ability to get here, especially if you don't have any knowledge of how cars work like I don't. Jesus was that key who was going to ignite, to turn over the engine and start something new within Israel and, and make something happen within the lives of the people of Israel. Eugene Peterson uh, is a, a, a pastor and translator of the Bible who wrote uh, a paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. And I'd like to read how he translated these three verses from his translation. It says, The interest of the people by now was building. They were all beginning to wonder, could this John be the Messiah? But John intervened, I'm baptizing you here in the river, the main character of this drama, to whom I am a mere stagehand, will ignite the kingdom life, a fire, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God, everything false he'll put out with the trash to be burned. The Spirit of God is coming. The Spirit of God is coming. The Spirit of God is coming. When Jesus came on the scene, He was the Messiah who was the key who ignited something within the insides of people. The kingdom of God is not something that happens outside of us. It's something that penetrates the very core of our being and we are changed from the inside out. I, we don't have to live our lives by looking at other people and saying, how can I become a good Christian like that person? 
We don't have to read a book and say, oh, if only I could do that. We don't have to sit here and wonder, how can I do this stuff? What steps do I need to take? What are the, if, if only I worked harder at this. When the kingdom is ignited within you, it changes you and me from the inside out. We become new. We wake up in the morning and we look ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm a beautiful person. I'm different because God lives within me. I am new and I have something ignited within me. And I'm alive and well and I have something to give this world. That is the ignition of the, of the kingdom life. The law of God suddenly is written on our hearts. We don't have to read the law and say, how can I live up to that standard? No, suddenly we want to live rightly. We want to do what's right. We don't want to just do what's right. The ways of God, the ways of Jesus Christ, the ways of love just start coming out of us. God starts coming out of us. Greg is famous for saying, the kingdom looks like Jesus. The kingdom looks like Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church, and the church is the body of Christ. So if we are going to be the body of Christ, it's time that the body of Christ look like Jesus. It's time that we look like Jesus. And the only way you and I can look like Jesus is when there's something ignited from the inside out. We can't force this on ourselves. We can't make it happen. It's something that starts within our gut and burns up from within. However, the church has been famous for settling for less than this fire. Many times through the history of the church, the church has settled for what is normal and accommodated to what is average because fire, the kingdom fire, is not normal and it's not average. It's unusual and it stands out. It's beautiful, it's winsome, it's lovely, it's attractive. It draws people to it. And people don't always understand it. It stands out because it doesn't fit in at all times. But because we don't, we don't, we, because we settle for less than this kingdom fire, we abdicate or we give in to just doing good things. And there are a lot of good things to do in this world. We need just laws in this world. I want just political leaders who are going to develop just laws. I, I think social activism can be a good thing. We need to promote organizations and businesses who accomplish and use their money rightly and even for good things in this world. It's serving on a local council board or a, a neighborhood association is a good thing. I, uh, one good thing that I, with, which benefited my life was uh, something that I experienced when I was in high school, I, in junior high actually. I, was in, I grew up on a farm in Texas and I was involved in 4-H and FFA. So I would go to the, like the state fair or these different uh, county fair or whatever and I'd get in for free because I had a badge. I thought it was cool. I didn't know that you know, those FFA jackets aren't really that cool. <laughs> if you ever seen one, you'll know what I'm talking about. Something they created in 1940-something. I don't know. And they haven't changed them since. I've got three of them. They don't fit anymore, thank God. So don't ask me to wear them. No, but I was involved in 4-H and FFA. And, it's, and I would go to this, uh, the annual uh, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And Houston Rodeo is the largest rodeo in the, in the world. 
course, everything in Texas is bigger. Uh, but it, it is almost entirely run by volunteers. And it's a nonprofit organization that raises uh, uh, thousands, millions of dollars for scholarships. It's one of the largest scholarship uh, organizations in the, in the world. And I was the benefact, uh, benefited from this, the, the, these benefactors who uh, raised this money because I won one of those scholarships and was able to go to college. And, because these people were doing something very good. They were doing, uh, developing, and volunteering. And, and there are some people in Houston who will use their entire year's worth of vacation just to volunteer at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And it couldn't be run without them. But at the same time, this, this Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is, is something that has an external impact on people's lives. It, it, it impacted me externally. It did not impact my heart. Just because I got that scholarship doesn't mean my heart was changed. The kingdom is the only thing that can change hearts. Laws, good and righteous laws, cannot change your heart. Only the kingdom, only by the power of the Spirit can our hearts be changed. And therefore, because many times we are unaccustomed to that expectation. We don't expect God to change us from the inside out. So therefore, we accommodate to what the world gives us and we end up just doing good stuff. Now, that's good stuff that we should be done. And, we, and God can be kingdom through us in many venues. And as we volunteer for a situation or, or we serve in our businesses or whatever we do, we can be servants of Christ in those situations and be the kingdom in those situations. But the danger comes when we start associating a political agenda or associating our voluntary cause or we, we associate our agenda or cause with the kingdom. There's a danger there. C.S. Lewis wrote about this in his book, uh, Screwtape Letters. In this book, there's a Uncle, uh, Uncle uh, Screwtape is writing to his nephew, Woodworm. A Screwtape is, is a, an experienced demon. Woodworm is an inexperienced demon. And he's writing him letters about how to work with his human that this that woodworm is is supposed to do stuff to and mess with his mind and all those kinds of things and and this advanced demon screw tape writes to his nephew it says this let him begin by treating the cause and c.s lewis actually lists a couple of causes there but i don't i don't want to get caught up on what those are but i just want to say let him begin by treating the cause as part of his religion then quietly and gradually nurse him on to the stage at which the religion becomes merely part of the cause. King, the kingdom of God is bigger than any of our causes. The kingdom of God is bigger than the good stuff we can do in this world. The kingdom of God can move through us in almost anything we do in this world. But as soon as we start associating the cause with the kingdom, we're in danger. Because the kingdom cannot fit into our causes it's too big it's too expansive it's too creative it can't we can't come fathom what God wants to do in our lives in fact we have yet to see in this church the power that God wants to manifest through you we have yet to see what God wants to do through you at your workplace we have yet to see what God wants to do through you in your neighborhood we have yet to see 
the impact this church is going to have on St. Paul and the surrounding areas. We have yet to see it. We've talked a lot about it and we've seen snippets of it. Some of you have experienced parts of it, but we have yet to see what God wants to do yet. The power of God, the Spirit of God is coming upon us. The Spirit of God is coming upon us to renew the kingdom and ignite the kingdom with inside of us so that it's an inside out thing. And we infiltrate and change the, the way we live and, change, and impact how other people live because the beauty of God is moving upon us. The beauty of God is moving upon us. Last week I told a story about a lady in Alaska who was a single mom who was kind of down and out. And this, this small group gathered around her. We call them covenant groups here. It's the equivalent to that. And they just invited her into the life of the group and loved her and taught her about Jesus and, and, and just showed her the love of Jesus. And as she grew up in the Lord and the, the Spirit of God ignited the kingdom within her, she got on her feet, started a seamstress business. And then she decided to take that business and back to the ladies who were like her. She didn't want to just hoard it and say, oh, God has blessed me. Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm, I, I'm okay now. She took that back and started blessing other ladies and, and started a small group for them and, and started employing some of these ladies and helping them get on their feet. And then they, she went to Habitat, worked with Habitat for Humanity to get some housing built for these ladies. That is kingdom activism. That is kingdom life that impacts our social structures, that impacts how people live, but doesn't just stop there. It impacts their hearts. That impacts their hearts. A few years ago, I did a, confer a conference in Louisiana, and I, I met with the, the youth pastor and his wife of this church. And as we sat around and talked, he told me about the, the story of a 16-year-old girl who was the daughter of the gang leader in town. And she got saved. She gave her heart to Jesus, and her father did not like that too much. He said, in fact, you cannot go to church at all. No church for you. Her church became the small group of, of other youth that met at the, at, the, at the school campus, the high school campus. And they met over lunch or after school, I can't remember which. But that group of, of young people became a church to her, and they surrounded her and loved her and ministered to her, and the Holy Spirit ignited within her. Her father came to her and said, okay, I see what's going on in your life. You can go one time a week. And he, she, she looked him in the face. Here's a gang leader. She looked him in the face and said, no, not until you let me go as much as I want to. Then on top of that, she went to the state penitentiary and visited her former boyfriend who had, ab had abused her in unspeakable ways. Not to confront him but to forgive him and tell him about Jesus. This guy was on death row. He accepted Jesus, and before he died, he led 26 other inmates to Jesus. That is kingdom stuff. Now, whatever your opinion is or whatever your thoughts are about the death penalty... Our laws about that kind of stuff, that's not the point because laws don't change hearts. The kingdom ignition changes hearts. That young little 16-year-old girl had a fire burning within her to impact people that changed eternity. That's guts. 
That's power. That's authority. That's life. The kingdom was ignited within her. And I want to challenge you with this question. Is the kingdom ignited within you? Has the Holy Spirit ignited a fire within you? Because you can work and say, I'm going to do what that girl did. Or I'm going to do what that lady in Alaska did. Or I'm going to do what I see someone else in this church doing. And there's a lot of stuff like that going on here in this church. But there's, you can't copy what someone else is doing. You need the Spirit igniting within you, doing something fresh within you. That's kingdom stuff because the kingdom is so creative. The Holy Spirit is so creative, you can't put it in a box and say, Here, if you just go do this, that's kingdom. God is so much bigger than our boxes. So much bigger than our boxes. The kingdom of God looks like Jesus. The Holy Spirit fire looks like Jesus. The ignition of, of, the, of the Spirit of God within us looks like Jesus. And if we're going to understand this ignition, I think we should understand how the Holy Spirit impacted Jesus. Because if we're going to be the body of Christ and look like Jesus, I want to understand how the Holy Spirit ignited this life in Jesus and He lived this life in Jesus. And there are three ignition traits that will point out to us what this looks like. Because I'm not interested in just our emotions coming forward and praying up here or somebody praying for you and you feel better emotionally and you walk out of the back of the room and you end up living your life just like you did when you came up here. You might feel better about your life, but that's not the Holy Spirit ignition because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He changes how you live. He changes how you see yourself. He changes how others see you because you're new from the inside out. So I want to point out three ignition traits or traits or things that Jesus Himself experienced that can help us see whether or not this fire is burning within us. The first one, ignition trait number one, is God's blessing. If you look in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, it says there, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. When the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with a blessing. When the fire comes, he comes with a, a fire of blessing. And when that blessing is upon your life, that fire burns up ugliness. Burns up the stuff of self-condemnation. Burns up the stuff that says I'm worthless. Burns up the stuff that says I can't live up to God's expectations or other people's expectations. It burns up that stuff that drives us to do stupid things. Because we look in the mirror and say, you know, I'm just not as pretty as someone else. I'm not talking about physical pretty. I'm talking about who you are in your makeup. Who you are in your soul. Who you are when you look in the mirror and go, I'm worthless. Spirit comes and burns that up. And then the fire is ignited within you of beauty. You're a beautiful person. God loves you. He looks upon you and says, my child. My child. If only you saw how I see you. If only you felt how I feel about you. We could sit here and talk about this one subject for weeks. And you'd go, uh-huh, you're right. I need that. Or you can ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you and it happened to you. And say, I need that blessing. God, speak that over my life. 
call upon God and say, God, I need that. I've never received it. Or maybe you have received that blessing in your life before and you need a fresh word from God that says, God, I long to be blessed by you and hear what you have to say about me. I need that on a fresh basis. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It burns up our self-condemnation and self-loathing and self-confinement. The boxes that we put ourselves in and we realize that we are in, we're loved by God when the Spirit comes upon us. That's ignition trait number one. How do you know whether the fire is burning within you? You know who you are in Christ and you're blessed by Him. There's a solid foundation and you realize that you're a beautiful person and you're part of a beautiful body called the, the church. That is the igniting the Spirit of God, igniting the kingdom of God in this world. The world needs beauty. You're going to be the source of it. You and I have to be the ones who realize that we're beautiful in Christ and allow the Spirit of God to, to manifest that through us. Ignition trait number two, God's leading Jesus, it says in, in, in Luke 4, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. When you are full of the Spirit, you are led by God. Period. When you're full of God and you're swimming in God and you're surrounded by God and you are baptized, in, in this, that's the word, baptized, you're immersed in the Spirit, you're immersed in God and you're, it's full of you and you're full of Him. You're led by God. And when you are led by God, he comes and burns up confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Satan is. The liar of the world is the author of confusion. Don't be satisfied with confusion. Allow the Holy Spirit to ignite confidence within you. And when you are led by the Spirit, the way to find this confidence is to be led by the Spirit into his presence. If you notice here, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be with God, to be with his Father. To follow God means first not, not doing grandiose things or grand things. It's to follow God simply means, first of all, to be with the Father. That's where the Holy Spirit will first lead you, is in the simple act of just being with Jesus. That is probably the greatest kingdom activity that we can do. But how, however, I have, was, for so many people it happens the way it happened, has happened to me in the past where when people talked about having a quiet time with God or spending alone time with God or, or praying or fasting or all those things, I had one, or, one of two responses. I'd either feel about this tall because my time with God had really stunk recently. Or I'd feel really good about myself. I felt about this talk because I looked around and said, my time with God is better than yours. That's not the point. That was about my effort. My effort with God. You see, when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I want to be with Jesus. When I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I want to be with the Father because I long to be with Him. He's motivating within me to be with Him. I don't have to force it. I don't have to make it happen. I'm longing to be with him, and I want to give up television, and I want to give up other things to be with Jesus. I don't have to convince myself to do it. That's what the Spirit does within us. 
sets us free to be with God as we follow his leading. And obedience becomes a lot easier. Obedience becomes something that flows out of us when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Ignition trait number three, God's power. In chapter 4 of, verse, of, of Luke, verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And if Jesus operated in the power of the Spirit, I think that should be something that we should characterize the body of Christ today, is living in the power of the Spirit. When we're in His presence and He leads us, He's not just going to lead us to do something that He doesn't give us the power to fulfill. By the Spirit, He will empower you to be what you cannot be on your own. And He will burn up fear. He will burn up the stuff that hinders you and, and says, I can't do that. And He will give you authority and, and power to fulfill what God is leading you to do. And it could be something big like going to Bulgaria. Or it could be something very simple like baking a cake and taking, taking it next door to your crotchety old neighbor who just needs a little love. And you just say, you know, I just wanted to give you this cake because Jesus loves you. And you walk away going, did I say that? <laughs> That's mustard seed kingdom stuff. That's that little stuff that people go, wow, that person's different. We're not forcing Jesus on people. We're living it. We're being it. We're winsome. We're beautiful. We're powerful. We're authoritative. We're alive. And we're attractive. That's kingdom stuff that impacts people's lives. You, you, when you, this power to go into your work and your boss unfairly reams you out, and it doesn't ruin your day. You're able to go back and say to the people around you, I'm blessed by God. And you go, wow, am I saying that? I should be, I should be depressed the rest of the day. Because you know that God is not going to put you to shame. Because his word says that he will not let you be, his righteous do, are not, do not go without bread. He is faithful and just. We have the power and authority to walk in faith and do stuff. We go, wow, I can't believe I, I have the faith to do this. To obey God and just simply walk. I don't know how I'm going to fulfill this. I don't know what I'm going to do next. But we know that we're going to... We just have a, a, this silent confidence that Jesus is true and Jesus is working and Jesus is alive and well, that he is the one who rose from the dead Amen. and sent his spirit that we might be ones who look like him.